Tabletop Tim here. Dean Daniel's still on his angry sabbatical. I don't know when he'll be back. Anyway, thank you to our patrons, especially Scribbles and Carlo. Have a probably bad day. I know I am. Hello, and welcome to Pretty Bad Podcast, a podcast which I hear is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper. Who has been saying our podcast <laughs> is bad? You know who you are. Um, but anyway, we do have a probably bad RPG idea, and it is. Add to your campaign world by developing all the minor NPCs. Free up more time to do that by not developing any of the major NPCs. Like this is this was put in obviously as a bad idea, but I feel it's just preempting your players. Like your players are absolutely going to adopt Wumble Jumble, the teeth selling goblin, over any of the characters you put actual point work into. Oh yeah, they don't give a shit about like the captain of the city guard's deep and tragic backstory no. or the mayor's thwarted dream of becoming an. A world famous loot player. It's all about Angry Jim the Cat. Yeah, like if you just make a get like if you just make a game and the way you do it is you sit down, you just think of the five, six the five or six things that first pop into your head. Don't edit them in any way. Put them in the game. Congratulations, your players will adopt all of them and they will all be their blobos within twenty seconds. <laughs> Auto Blobo generation is easy. Uh, Bugbear who sells Garfield merch. There we go. There's going to be five fan arts of him within, like, before this podcast is released. We did get our first podcast fan art recently. It was great and completely incomprehensible to anyone who hadn't listened to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> like all good fan art is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do, I do like the idea of just like, cause major NPCs are normally like mm. either quest givers or the big bad. Mm. And it's like, they're there just to do a job essentially narratively. Yeah. Like they've got two or three points that are relevant to like the character's backstories, the character's mission. It's all about the characters, but minor NPCs, I I feel in a lot of games, they do have their own, like, inner lives a lot more. Yeah. Like, like they're it's... just going about their day while you're dealing with a dragon in the background. Yeah, like, it's less that, um... Yeah, because it's less that they're here to give you a plot point, and more that they're here to give the GM an excuse to talk in a weird little noise, weird little voice, uh, like this, No, I'm Squimbles! Um... Oh no, Nigel from our game has invaded <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> Fans love me. Um, this this is this is getting progressively more incomprehensible to listeners. Um, please send in your best guesses as to who Nigel is and sounds like this. I would love to know why he sounds like that because that's not been explained in universe. But yeah, I do think there is definitely a, a blobification. Mm. Is would that be the word? Yeah. Of minor NPCs, especially ones who have 
any distinguishing feature that becomes their whole thing. Yeah. Which I guess makes sense because there's a lot of overlap between like people who are deep into fandoms and people who play D and D. Hmm. Because there's a lot, like, there's a lot of flanderization, I think, in fandom spaces generally. So it makes sense that that would also happen to your little guy who just wants to sell his bread and go home. Also, it does make sense in this case, the person writing it is there and can flanderize them right along with you. Hmm. It's Uh, definitely a lot easier. Yeah. It's almost like auto-flanderization. Yeah, uh, this is why my new Warlock class has two weapons, which are Blobification Ray and Flanderization Ray. And they shoot enemies with them. And if they shoot them with the Blobo Ray, then the plot now revolves around them. And if they shoot them with the Flanderization Ray, uh, whatever the last word they mention, their personality now revolves around. What happens if you shoot the big bad with the Blobification Ray? Uh, The story becomes a tragic tale of one guy who's just trying to lay waste to all humanity uh, while a bunch of fuckheads come along and ruin it. Very sad. I I realised as I was asking what happens when you hit the big bad with the blobification ray, and what you get is Megamind. Oh yeah, I think what you get is that what is like, you make the big bad into a sad little meow meow. Is what happens. This conversation uh, is so. There's a lot of words. Yeah. Uh, what it is is uh, whatever Brad was like before. They're now like a twink himbo who's only doing this because they never felt love, uh, and they're just a sad little meow meow. But are they scrungly? They're a scrungly little him, scrungly little twink. Uh, it's a fun <laughs> thing to shoot uh, the Tarask with. <laughs> Oh god. I guarantee somewhere in the depths of Tumblr there is like or deviant art, possibly deviant art, there is like Twink to Rask. Hmm. The Twink Rask. The Twink Rask, yeah. Yeah, um so yeah, you've got your sad little meow meow ray. The flanderization ray I feel also could be what used on the big bad. Hmm. But you have to use it at just the right moment. Yeah, like what you need. You is... said it's the the last word they say didn't you yeah so you've got to wait until like they make some metaphor about sheep and then you shoot them at just that moment and then they're like actually i'm gonna be a shepherd i fucking Mm. love sheep yeah what you need to do is you need to wait for them to like order a meal zap them and now because flanderization all they do is eat peanut butter sandwiches uh and you could just beat up all their minions but then they decide to take over the world after all so that they can control the supply of peanut butter. I love narrative rays as just a power. I cast overlooked by the narrative and then I shoot the big bad with that and the GM just keeps forgetting to get round to them destroying the world. I think I've seen uh, shows like that. I cast party mum. <laughs> the big bad now just cares about everyone's well-being. I cast a spell that makes me a blobo from your show. Whoa. Magical. I don't like the idea of being a blobo. I'm a real person. <laughs> I mean, I'm only debatably a real person. Listen, we've already had, like, fucking asks on Tumblr saying people ship us. I don't want... I don't want this. Shipping Ray also would be an effective threat against a lot of characters. 
Now, my question with the, the shipping ray is twofold. Mm. One, do you have to shoot two different people with them in order for them to be shipped together? Yeah. Like, and to the way two, I... does that actually cause them to want to get together? Or no, it, it doesn't. Or does it make people go, oh, they should fuck? What it does is you zap them, and then it just goes back through all their previous interactions and just, like, puts romantic music over it and changes the camera angle to zoom in on, like, moments when their hands are close by and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess... I sort of assume it must, like, then show that up as an image, but I, I do like here all it does is make, like, a little AMV of two people. It's a psychic fan cam. <laughs> yeah. Like, I see what it is, is you zap two people with it, and then the um, GM describes all their interactions as if they were, like, romantic, even though they're like, no, we're trying to stab each other in the face. And is that not a metaphor? I mean, as a metaphor for this podcast, we are both trying to stab each other in the face. That is a, a facet of this whole thing, yeah. <laughs> this is why we record in different cities. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon and we'll finally have a sword fight. I will lose very quickly. <laughs> but yeah, um, where were we at? Because I don't think we're at weird meta rays. No, um, developing minor NPCs is what we're at, apparently. Yes. Just, I think that, like, okay, so what you need to do is you want to have, so you're the heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the villain, you know, has built an army of orcs or goblins or robots or whatever they've built an army of. And you need to go find uh, people who can side with your army to fight them. And obviously, you're not going after the guards or anything. You're going after Scrumble Mumble, the portal horse wrangler. Um, Is that someone that wrangles total horses or a total that wrangles horses? Uh, a total that wrangles total horses. Or a total it... horse who wrangles. Mm. You get What's all three. It's <laughs> just a really slow horse. <laughs> Don't worry, I've got my cavalry and they're really slow. <laughs> <laughs> if they stay still for two days, we can do a charge. They're basically just a wall. But yeah, and you're recruiting all of the little blobos and scrunkly guys and little meow meows to form an army. Um, See, what you've done is accidentally create a compelling plot. Yeah. It's like, hey, we know these people. Let's gather our forces and take down the big bad through the power of friendship. Blobos from my epic battle against evil. Yeah. I just think, because the other thing is, so you have Scrimble Dimble the horse doctor. Total horse wrangler, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if the GM kills them, the GM will be flung in the washing machine IRL. Um, (laughs) That's how you guarantee a win. Yeah, like, you know, the GM's obviously not going to kill Flipples the Acrobat Goblin. Because if he kills Flipples the Acrobat Goblin, you're going to start combat IRL. You force the DM to develop the minor NPCs and then essentially take them hostage. Yeah, my fighter is going to go into battle wearing a suit. No, you're taking the DM hostage, I guess. I am, yeah. I'm going into battle in a suit of armor made of blobos, 
uh, a good look stabbing me without risking serious editorial uh, suggestions. I have weaponized fandom. My You're gun not the first and you won't be the last. My gun shoots hot tapes. Yeah, so I've got my Blorbo suit and mm-hmm. my hot take ray. Um, we've, got, we've got several rays at this point. You're yeah. basically becoming a beholder. Yeah, like a really better beholder. <laughs> it has anti-narrative cone. Uh, when it opens it, the GM can't describe anything that's occurring. It's not unobservable to the players. No. It just happens automatically. Yeah, so you've got the anti-scheduling cone. Anti-scheduling uh, cone? It opens its eye. Uh, the game then has to be cancelled or postponed to next week. Is that why I can't get a game together? Yeah. Um, the game is full of anti-scheduling beholders, and they just zap players, uh, PCs, and their player then discovers that they have like a meeting or a social event or something on the day of the game and can't show up. This seems like an oversight on the DM's part, honestly. Yeah. Remember, just don't put the scheduling beholders in your game. That's where everyone is falling down. But yeah, my point is I'm sure there's an indie game that revolves around this. Last time on Tales of Morterra. Awesome. 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 We can't like tread upon <laughs> our brain, we steal. So she was going to try and, and surf on the horse. K- get dead? Yeah. Uh, you want to kill me? I'm a wizard, I've always got plans. Tales of Morterra, an actual play podcast. Available wherever you're listening to this right now. So questions. Hmm. Our first question. I accidentally closed the podcast documents. <laughs> Why would someone send us that? The scheduling beholder got me. Uh, <laughs> our first question is anonymous. Question. For D&D rules, if both tieflings and changelings have kids with someone of a different race, e.g. humans, the child will be a tiefling or a changeling. Once if a tiefling and a changeling have a baby, does one set of genes win? Do you get a shape-shifting tiefling or a changeling that can only shift into a tiefling? I need answers. I mean, if we're going by Disney rules, they will have two children. One mm. is a tiefling the same gender as the tiefling parent, and one is a changeling the same gender as the changeling parent. Yeah. But that's not how genetics works. Sure it is. Um, I feel what like... What just get... Yeah. Like, my immediate thought was shape-shifting tiefling, but I feel like we can come up with something more interesting. I do... The idea of a changeling that can only shape-shift into one form is, I feel, very funny. I technically have shape-shifting powers. I could just only turn into an edgy tiefling. See, I was picturing it as they can only transform into tief- like tieflings. Okay, that actually does make more sense than what I was picturing. Like, they can change their form, but they always look like a tiefling. Hmm. Like... I reckon changeling from the waist up. <laughs> they can change what they look like, but they still have tiefling legs. Yeah, they can change what they look like, but they still have little demon legs. I love this purely because it sounds like some of the like the stories warning about how to find yeah tricks the spirits and things. Because there's there's always ones that are like, oh, check check their feet though; they might be hooves. Yeah, that's because they ears are they the same size? That's because tieflings and changelings have been guessing this on. 
there's like a load of people whose legs always bend backwards or have hooves or what have you and it's just you know all the edgy lads are at it <laughs> yeah i reckon alternately changing on the right side so they can shapeshift the right side of their body guys as long as they are only what about you can only shapeshift the back I can shapeshift into the king as long as the king is sitting, facing away from the court at all times, and also, like, presumably shirtless so you can see his very distinctive back. Well, I was thinking, you know, you're running from the guard who know that they're chasing a Mm. tall ginger tiefling. You shapeshift. They're not going to look twice at a, like, a a little dark-haired... Uh, human. Hmm. It's pretty much only useful in a situation where you're being chased. But yeah. You could use it. You are an adventurer. You're probably being chased a lot. Yeah. Like you could also, I guess, be like shapeshift into spooky things. Like you can shapeshift into anything. <laughs> See, I was thinking Ebony Darkness, but you know, let's just shapeshift between the two. A character who canonically looks a bit like Jekyll. I can to anyone if that someone is wearing a Hot Topic t-shirt and has dyed their hair black. <laughs> that would be an excellent cursed magic item. Like, it's it's a hat of disguise, but you hmm. do have to describe describe it like it's my immortal the whole time. Hat, hat of overblown disguise. <laughs> I saw Orcus, Lord of the Undead. I stuck my finger up at him. See, the problem is now I'm just thinking about my immortal again. Hmm. It's a risk we all take. <laughs> they call me vampire. <laughs> just, it sounded so sad. <laughs> it, it, was, it was more wistful, I think. <laughs> you just sound like... They call me vampire. I asked them not to. I'm not a vampire, and yet. <laughs> um, oh, our yes, word. Feel... What the hell are you doing, you motherfuckers? I do feel like some sort of limited mm. shape shifting feels like the way to go. Although, yeah. like, I guess with the way that actual genetics work would be like. One part of you is constantly changing because it is just changeling, but you can't control it because everything mm. attached to it is tiefling. I, mean, I feel the way actual genetics go is you probably can't breed with a different species. I mean, you, you potentially can. You just might be have sterile offspring. I guess what we need to determine is how closely evolutionarily related tieflings and changelings are. See, I have a friend who could probably speculate about this for you because they did a whole, like evolutionary chart of the various humanoid races for funsies. Yeah, um, so your character is like an evolutionary biologist who's trying to determine what the different species evolved from, and as such, whether or not tieflings and changelings are actually close enough to be, like, reproductively, what's the word, compatible. Are changelings fae? I I mean, I assume so. Are changelings fae? I feel like they should be if they're not. Um, Nick, edit out me googling things so it seems like I know every fact about D&D off the top of my head. It doesn't specify that they're fairly. So so maybe they could just shapeshift into a tiefling and then it would be fine. 
They're like the dittos of D and D races. <laughs> See now I'm now I am choosing to believe that the default state of a changeling is just like a little a little wad of gum. Like the default state of a changeling is a pink person with a little face drawn on him, crayon. Yeah. Like I like the idea of changelings like a half changeling is just like the hu- like the like a shapeshifter but thematic. So like a half changeling half elf can turn into any form as long as it's nature related. Uh, and a half changing half human could turn to any form as long as it's boring. Like instead of genes, D and D species have vibes. I mean that does seem to be the case sometimes though, doesn't it? Hmm. Yeah, um that's why sometimes you have to go to the doctor for a vibe check. Uh our second question. Is from some gay who likes cars. Best way to deal with edgy rogues in a silly, wacky, goofy way, of course. Have you ever heard the pr- the phrase "You're so edgy, you'll cut yourself"? Have you ever heard the phrase "trebuchet"? <laughs> Hear me out. If they say some, every time they say something edgy, they get a paper cut. They just lose one hit point, but you know, if they do it too much, that's going to cause them mm. some problems. I think the best solution is their natural enemy, Wacky Cops. <laughs> they have clown makeup and like inflatable billy cub clubs. Ultimately, wholesome rogues. Wholesome rogues? Wholesome rogues. They're dressed in bright pink and they uh, talk like children's TVs and like. So what have we learnt as they steal your wallet and it's like <laughs> not to put your wallet in stealing range. <laughs> like wait, I just realized who I'm talking about. Swiper from Dora the Explorer. Yes. Implement Swiper from Dora the Explorer into your game and they and like he's stealing all the things for the edgy rogue can. And the only way to defeat him is to, I guess actually I can feel the only way to defeat him is to say Wiper no swiping, but edgy no. Yeah, just leave that. Leave that final word to your imagination. Mm. <laughs> no, moving on for the thing we're all thinking. Um... <laughs> I like the idea of wholesome rogue in the, you know, the the like Robin Hood, mm. and they teach the edgy rogue that. You know, it's okay if those are the things you like, but we're here to do a job, and maybe you can help out some people with your abilities and just mm. gradually make them a little bit less edgy. I love, I love the idea of like in what you were said to giving is an um, edgy rehab center where edgy PCs are taken and slowly weaned off, sitting there in a black robe, grumbling about how everyone they've ever loved was killed by every other person they ever loved. Yeah, it's like, you know, when people specialise in rehoming vicious mm. dogs. Yeah, take your take your edgy edgy PC mm. to um the edging facility. No <laughs> I I tried so hard not to say that word. 
I don't know what's so problematic about the edging facility, the facility where people are taken to be edged. But surely if they're edging, you want to de-edge them. Yeah. The de-edging facility. Just like psychic sandpaper. Hmm. Smooth out their brains. <laughs> That's a different facility. <laughs> Gonna make your PCs nice and smooth. Anyway, what the fuck am I on about? Yes. <laughs> You're asking me? Yeah, um the de-edging facility. Mm-hmm. Cause like what it, I guess what it is is like so you take your players you take your PCs, don't send your players to the edging facility unless Although, they're really into I mean, it. I've played with a couple of people. <clears throat> I could have done with it. Well, they're just put on an island that's just full of, like, low-stakes adventures, like, oh no, the blueberry brownies haven't got the chocolate for their chocolate cake and so forth. And they just have to go deal with those until they've, like, been smoothed enough. So, I haven't seen the film, but I imagine that this is part of the plot of Kindergarten Cop? Like, I have to assume. Yeah, like, I assume this is, like, word for word, the plot of Kindergarten Cop, having never seen it. I mean, I have I have seen a couple of, like, more spy-type films mm-hmm. where they have to look after a kid and they're like, oh, no, turns out I have feelings. Hmm. Like, I still... Because uh, the way I'm seeing this is, like, oh, so there's, like, Sugar Plum Fairy Guards. Um, oh. th- they will shoot you with ice cream if you try and escape. Is is that a threat? I guess Maybe. it depends how frozen it is. Yeah, I guess it depends how edgy you are. Like, you don't want people to like take a photograph of you covered in ice cream and upload it to edgypcs.com. Uh, all edgy PCs are on their <laughs> own special website. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is not, again, to be confused with edging PCs, which is a very different website. Even more specialist. Yeah. Um, movie, this might be yeah. where we should end the episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, before we get demonetized, um, I don't think we can get demonetized, but better no, safe like, than sorry. I guess, I guess before our patrons demonetize us by leaving the Patreon, we have a Patreon. It's probably bad RPG ideas if you want bonus episodes and homebrew and a Discord server. If you have a question, you can email probablybadpodcast at gmail.com or message us at probablybadrpgideas on Tumblr. Um, we are still and on Twitter. At least one of us is still on Twitter. I still Most- cannot get on Twitter. Mostly just cross-posting, but if you have a question and you want to message bad probably on Twitter, it will be seen. For now. So, all that is left to say is remember, remember to have, have a probably, probably bad, bad day. day. Thank you.